May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Good evening, and first, a wonderful thank you to the parish. I'm Christopher Capaldo, the rector at St. Chrysostom's Parish in Quincy. And on behalf of my parish and the cathedral chapter, I bring you warm greetings, the name of Christ on this feast of Corpus Christi. It's an honor to be asked to preach here at the Advent, a church with a storied history of boldly proclaiming the sacramental faith of Christ to the city of Boston and the wider diocese. The parish, St. Chrysostom's I'm at now, was founded in part to be the Anglo-Catholic expression of the wider church on the South Shore. And according to our archives, the uh, large marble mensa, the top of the altar at our parish, was given by this parish. So uh, about a 100-year-old belated thank you for that. I can't tell you how much of a blessing it is to be here surrounded by the beauty of this parish. Um, The art, the windows, the stations, the cross, the carvings of the Reredos, filled with symbolism connecting to the wider reality of God. And of course, it almost goes without saying, only with hearing, that this parish is well known for its music. My own first experience of this parish was in the context of an evensong. It is a particular blessing to be able to hear the Mass for Five Voices by William Byrd sung in the proper setting it was meant for, instead of just on YouTube, Um, especially as we remember the 400th anniversary of his death. Everything, the music especially, is truly divine. Divine. Why do we use that descriptive word for things? St. Augustine, popularly quipped to sing, is to pray twice, that music can bring us to prayer closer to the divine. People also mention that truly good poetry, art, has the ability to bring us closer to the divine. Parishes, especially in the Anglican community of the sacramental persuasion, have long since made use of that ability of those God-given arts, as we are now surrounded by, to draw humanity just a bit closer to piercing that veil of the pleroma, the fullness of the dwelling of the triune Godhead, to glimpse a reflection of the divine. That we use those things, these things that when I was in seminary about 10 years ago, really, uh, I only saw in Florida on pieces of the internet that now I'm blessed to have surround me, to be embraced by, that represents something greater than themselves, that express a beauty beyond words, a glimpse of the divine, inestimable beauty of God. 
St. Paul, in his speech at the Areopagus in Athens, the Stoics, the Epicureans, says, All men, I quote, were created that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him, perchance to find him. That is, he is saying, the natural state of humanity is to seek after God. And so these wonderful things, you could say divine things that we see and hear around us, draw us closer to that. Which brings us to today, our celebration of the Feast of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ, the bread of life. As the scripture says, true food indeed, true drink indeed. For it is that great gift of the Eucharist that I feel is the consummation of humanity's search. It is not a simulacrum. It is not a merest reflection into the pleroma. It is not just a glean at the veil of the divine. It is the divine. And it makes the inestimable physical manifest God and Christ on earth right now right here, to be seen, to be touched, to dwell within every believer, a seal of eternal life. Christ says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is no mistake that we, as broken and sinful humanity, live in a broken and sinful world. I don't know to go into detail, you know these things. A world desperately in need of the truth of God, of Christ, the balm of the Holy Ghost. A world where humanity reaches into the darkness for God and they find whatever theory they come up with, and they try to create a truth around that. And it will, as all man-made things, inevitably fail. It will be a false idol. And that is where I feel the church comes in. The sacramental church can act as a beacon to those essential truths. In a world where humanity in its brokenness yearns for the natural law of God that feels for truth in the darkness, the, tr the church can be a beacon of light, of love. And the words spoken and heard in the fellowship of believers over a small glass of sherry, which I absolutely love that y'all do, an auricular confession. Those pieces of beauty that surround us. And of course, that light itself emanating from the sacraments 
those direct connections to God. As St. Paul says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread, one body, that we who partake in this heavenly banquet are truly connected with the limitless nature of God in a holy communion outside of time with all believers and in the nature of Christ himself. A gift of sacrifice, of eternal love, of truth, that we might then share that with the world. We will shortly continue the celebration of the Mass, that sacrifice of Christ made present, and partake in the feast of Christ, that true food, that true drink. And as the old catechism says, as our bodies are nourished by bread and wine, so our souls are nourished by the body and blood. And we will then, if I am correct, process into the streets to bring that great gift of God to the broken world that so needs God, that looks for God. Many times in wrong places. And coming from a parish named in his honor, I need to have at least one, St. John Chrysostom said, How many are they that say of Christ, Oh, how I should have wished to see his form his figure, his clothes, even his sandals. You do see him. You see him. You adore him. You touch him. You consume him. He gives you himself, not only to look at, but to eat and to receive within you. We have that gift, and we will shortly share it. At the institution of this great feast in 1264, Urban IV said, roughly translated, we decided that this sacrament should be celebrated annually in a more special and solemn way, designating a certain day for this purpose, that is to say, the Thursday after the next Sunday, first following the Feast of Pentecost, today. So that then clergy and people alike rejoicing rise up in songs of praise. That then the hearts and prayers of all, the mouths and lips sing hymns of joy. Then faith sings, hope dances. Charity and devotion exalt, purity and sincerity rejoice. Let each one meet with a lively spirit and a ready will, pouring out their joy. So this Corpus Christi, may we deed pour out our joy in song and charity in devotion to give great thanks for the gift of the church, of the sacraments, the beauty of the divine, 
and the gift of God in the presence of the Eucharist. To be empowered by the saving love of God in Christ, who died for us, was risen, and will come again. Christ said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. May we this day rejoice and invite the world to this heavenly fellowship and banquet, the gift of eternal life. And so thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen.